episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit us at biblestudy.asbzone.com. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we pray. Help us that as we present, that those who hear will be blessed and that we will be blessed also. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Extreme Thankfulness. And our verse for this study is found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. The Apostle Paul says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. At this time of the year, we are often reminded to be thankful, at least in the United States, because of Thanksgiving. And also, as we come to the end of the year, for many people, it's a time of reflection, preparation for the new year, just a time to think about all that is going on, all that has gone on, and you know, refocus, rededicate, reconsecrate, as the case might be. And I personally have a lot to be thankful for. A lot, a lot, a lot to be thankful for. This verse in particular is a challenging verse. This section of the letter to the Thessalonians is challenging. But for me, this verse is challenging because the Apostle Paul says, in everything give thanks. And I know that in many podcasts, I've pointed out that words like all and eternal and everlasting can be contextual, right? In that you have to look at everything that is being said and determine if in fact there are any qualifiers or exceptions. But there's no exception here. There's no exception. If you go through these verses, you will not find an exception. It says in everything give thanks, not in most things, not in good things, not in tolerable things, not in most things, not in as best as you can. The apostle says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We have to be willing to be thankful for when things go well, when things go wrong, when nothing appears to have happened, we still need to be thankful. It's a state of mind that for me um, requires a lot of focus because <laughs> um, it's easy to complain. It's easy to be frustrated. I like planning things out. I like having an idea of how things are going to work. I like things to be somewhat scripted, somewhat... Um, plotted and planned, right? I'm a technologist by trade, um, but I am a person who doesn't really like surprises. I don't really like risk. I like things to be mapped out. I like to think of contingencies and understand what might go wrong and try and work against it. And there are aspects of life where that is not a bad thing, but there are some aspects of life where it's not a good thing. It interferes with faith. 
And for the most part, I can separate them, right? I can, I can be meticulous in planning in certain aspects of life and be open to um, providential moves in other aspects of life. But the truth is, it's harder to do that. It's harder to let things happen. And that means that when things don't go the well, and that means that when things don't go the way that I had hoped that they would, there's some grumpiness that can come into play. There's some unhappiness that can come into play. And I'm reminded of this verse very frequently, in which case I have to just say to the Lord, thank you for the situation that I find myself in. Right? Thank you. You're allowing this to happen to me for a reason. Sometimes God shares with me the reason in real time or near real time. Sometimes he shares it with me afterwards when I'm thinking about something. Later, he'll, he'll say, and this is why. And sometimes he doesn't share it with me. And I just have to accept that before he has shared it, and he still knows what he's doing, and it's his choice whether or not he does that. So what we'll do today for just a few minutes is we will look at the entire section of verses that are connected with this. Okay? We're going to go back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. And the reason we're doing this is that there's a lot of counsel in this section of 1 Thessalonians. This is how Paul closes out his letter to the Thessalonians. But not only that, we know this verse. In fact, we know several of the verses in this section. Sometimes we know them collectively, sometimes we know them individually. But what we don't always know is what comes before and after them. And I'm trying to make it a habit that we don't just get stuck on the verses that we remember and that we divorce ourselves of the broader context of those verses. Right? I'm trying to prevent that from happening. So let's go. Let's look at, at 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Okay. I'm going to try and read sentences wherever possible before commenting at least one sentence. So here Paul is saying that the believers, right? Because this is a letter to the general believers. He's saying that the believers should know, should be acquainted with, should be familiar with those that labor among them and are over them in the Lord. So he's talking about people who have responsibility for them, pastors, lay pastors, or, or pastors that are, are more focused on the pastoral work, um, those that have responsibility for the church. He says, know them and esteem them highly in love for their work's sake. Know them and have some respect for them on account of the work that they're doing. Now, this is not a blank check to just say, well, he's a minister, so he gets to do whatever he's, he wants to do. That's not what Paul is saying here. He's saying that the work that they're called to is a noble work, and they're called to 
admonish you and encourage you, and that you should think of them highly in love, Christian love, for the sake of the work that they're doing. Right? It's honorable. The work that they're doing is honorable, and you should treat it with honor and respect. It goes without saying that the people who are recipients of such respect should themselves be respectful and should themselves be respectable. But he's, he is encouraging them to, to do this. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. This is important instruction. It's an exhortation, in fact. Warn them that are unruly. So the previous verse, verse 13, mentioned the responsibility of the leaders, church leaders, local church leaders in this case, and the responsibility of the membership to such leaders. But here... In verse 14, Paul is showing the responsibility of members to fellow members, right? Warn them that are unruly. We do need to be tactful. We do need to exercise discernment. We should pray before we leap into any kind of activity. But we should not assume as members in a church community, church congregation, we should not assume that everything that goes on can only be handled by leadership, however we define leadership at that point. If you are in the proximity of someone who is being unruly, you should speak to them, warn them. It doesn't have to be public. It doesn't mean it's not automatically public. You can call people aside to speak to them in the Lord. Right? Everything doesn't have to be called out in public. Sometimes... The activity requires a public response. If someone is acting the fool in public, they may need to be counseled or admonished in public. But as best as possible, we each have a responsibility. We are our brother's keeper. If we recognize that someone is doing something they ought not, then we ought to, by the grace of God, speak to them. We ought to comfort the feeble-minded those who are weaker in the faith for whatever reason, whether it's a matter of age, whether it's a matter of spiritual immaturity, whether it's a matter of youth, doesn't matter. Support the weak. Same thing. Be patient toward all men. We need to be patient. As fellow believers, we need to be patient with those in the church and out of the church. 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Right? So he's saying here that we need to behave well amongst the brethren and with the world at large. And we should not pay people back just because they've done bad things to us. Vengeance is mine, is what the Lord says. Our job is not to vindicate our own name. We're called to vindicate the name of the Lord. We're called to magnify the name of the Lord. God will execute judgment 
God will execute vengeance at the time of his choosing. And when he does, all the balances will be cleared. We don't need to look into it for ourselves. Here come some of the verses we do recognize. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesyings. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Very interesting. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. Does it belong to verse 20? Is that its close association? Because there's something to be said for don't quench the spirit by despising prophesying, right? That you could string those two verses together and look at it that way. But you could also string 18 and 19 together or 16 through 19 together, right? Imagine, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Don't quench the spirit by being a complainer, right? It could have been written that way. There's nothing that forces 19 to be only bound to 20. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 20 and 21 go together. 19 can go along with them, but it can also go along with 18. Verse 22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Imagine that. We are called not only to be righteous, not only to operate in integrity, but we can't even allow ourselves to engage in activities that would confuse people as to whether or not we're doing right. We need to avoid even the appearance of evil. And then here's the promise in 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Isn't that awesome? God is calling us to minister to one another, to minister to the brethren, to minister to the, to the world. And Paul says, he that hath called you is faithful and he will execute it in you. All right? God calls us to service and then he exercises that service through us. If we surrender ourselves to him, he will do for us and do through us that which we could not do of ourselves. But it does require surrender. If you look at all of these passages, if you look at all these verses, if you look at all the things that, that befall us, pray without ceasing and give thanks in everything. In fact, rejoice evermore. Be joyful, not just happy. Happy is good. Happy is tied to circumstance, right? The prefix hap. I shouldn't say the prefix, it's really the root. Hap, happenstance, right? Hap is something that happens. <laughs> um, 
hap-chance. Happiness is ultimately your positive response based on good things occurring. Happiness is good, but joy is having a positive attitude regardless of the circumstances. Right? Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. My prayer for each of us is that as we reflect on all the things that have happened to us, the way in which God has led the circumstances and situations and experiences that we have encountered, that we will give thanks for all of them. The ones that are clearly good, the ones that are not so good, the ones that are outright bad, and even circumstances that seem incomplete. Let us give thanks to God because we don't always know what his plan is, but we should know that he's always in control. And it doesn't make any sense to believe that he's in control, but complain about outcomes. Right? Because that means essentially we're complaining about him. We're murmuring. We're saying, listen, I know you're in charge of everything or allegedly you're in charge of everything, but I'm not liking how some of these things are turning out. That's what we're saying. When we complain about how our circumstances are, we're basically saying, I don't like the choices you're making here. I'm disappointed in the choices you're making. And I don't think that's a prudent thing for us to be pursuing. And this sentence couldn't be any more point blank. Give thanks in everything because this is God's will concerning you through Christ Jesus. Imagine that. Let's reflect upon the past, give thanks as we look forward to the future that we may do the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and goodness and love. Help us to be more thankful, more grateful. Help us to be more focused. Help us, Lord, to do and say those things that are right and pleasing in your sight. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord. We are unworthy of your many blessings, but you have promised certain things to us, and we ask you to help us to hold on to those promises. Please bless us despite our unworthiness and help us to be willing to be converted, to be changed, and to help others to accept your gospel. Bless us, we pray. Be with this ministry, and may it go to do the work that you have called it to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. You can reach us via email at BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We also recommend that you check out the True Wisdom podcast, where Robert and I discuss stories and topics together. Both of these podcasts can be found on over a dozen platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please remember our ministries in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share His Holy Word. Amen.